Hey friends, it's Mark James. Guess what? I'm not in the car. I do not have a show tonight. It's Friday. I'm at home. I'm spending the time fixing props and um, doing some other little jobs. What a day it's been. I, uh, I've got a big show tomorrow, which I'm excited about. I'll tell you more on the way. I'm not sure where I'll record the podcast. Tomorrow I'm doing a show for Away Resorts. Me and three other acts are performing in a venue which is usually open, but it's closed. The entire holiday park is closed. So we're doing the show uh, in the empty venue with no audience, direct to camera. And what we do to the camera is being screened live on stage in three venues that are open. <laughs> around the country it's very strange but we're doing the show twice uh 15 minutes each but the same 15 minutes repeated and yeah we'll see how it goes so we're performing in an empty room but it's being screened into three not empty rooms so we'll see how that goes that technically we'll have six audiences because it's the same show twice but the three venues are having two sit-ins so yeah i'll perform for six audiences tomorrow night all at the same time that'll be well kind of at the same time. You know what I mean, but that'll be all right. Last night I had fun gigs at the Lake District, uh, the first park that I ever did magic on, as I said. Gosh, it was fun. The room is different now. I really, 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 really love the old room. I thought it was about as good a room for comedy and magic as it was possible to get. For me, the new room, I don't like it as much because of the missing memories and it's bigger now. It's better for the guests, no doubt. They've made the room super modern, really nice. It's got great restaurant facilities, a nice bar. You know, it's all very socially distanced, worked out and cleaned and, you know, everything's really good. It's ultra modern. The screens are good and all that sort of stuff. I just miss the old room because it's where I first ever did magic. But it is good and they've got a great team up there. It's really funny. One of the team, a friend of mine I've known a long time now called Dan, uh, for the first time and as long as I've known him, he expressed some interest last night in maybe learning some magic. And I'm never shy about that. I mean, I know that uh, as magicians, we have to keep our secrets secret. But um, if someone expresses a genuine interest and wants to learn, and he wanted to learn a trick called the six card repeat, which is popular among magicians. And so I said, okay, I'll show you how to do it. So I taught him how to do it. And it felt strangely full circle because that was the first venue I ever performed magic in. And now it's a new venue, but I was still there. But I taught somebody else their first magic trick. And maybe he will go on and become a magician. And uh, it'll be a funny kind of circular story. I don't know, but that was fun. I drove home. I ate a full tube of Pringles crisps. I'm 19 stone five today. I hate myself for it, obviously. Uh, but they were nice. The problem with salt and vinegar crisps is that, especially Pringles, they do hurt your mouth a bit after a while. The salt is a bit too much, I think, or maybe the vinegar. And I could feel it burning the sides of my mouth, which is not a good feeling. <laughs> I picked Joshua up from school today and um, he said to me, do you think it's weird that if you could read somebody else's mind and they could read yours those two people would be able to talk to each other without anybody knowing. And I thought, well, we're dangerously onto the plot of The Shining here, but let's continue. So I said, well, yeah, I suppose so. And he said they could be on opposite sides of the world and still have a conversation. 
And I thought, that's interesting, because usually when people talk about mind reading, the mind that they are reading is always in the same room with them, typically. They talk about, you know, otherwise it would be remote mind reading, which is not usually discussed. But I suppose in the world where reading minds is possible, there's no reason why that mind would have to be in the same room. They technically could still do that. And so I joked to Joshua, I always know what you're thinking. And he said, really? And I said, well, 70% of the time you're thinking that you're hungry. And 30% of the time you're thinking that you wish you'd gone to the toilet two minutes ago and it might be too late. Because <laughs> he's always jumping up and going, I need the toilet. And he's running in there, like waddling in like a little old man. And I know the procedure's already started, but he's so hooked into the book he's reading or the YouTube video he's watching or the picture he's drawing or whatever it is that he thinks that he'll just be able to hold a poo in indefinitely until he's ready for it. And that's not how it works. When the poo is ready to arrive, it will arrive. It's like a baby in many ways. When that thing's coming, it's coming. You can't stop it. You can't hold it inside your body. So um, he said that to me. Well, I said that to him. And he said, if you can read my mind, what am I thinking now? <laughs> and I said, you're thinking that you're hungry? And he said, no. And I said, you're thinking that you wish you'd gone for a poo a couple of minutes ago? And he said, no. I said, you're thinking that you wish I'd take you to McDonald's? And he said, I wasn't thinking that, but now I am. I said, okay, fine, I will. So we went to McDonald's. Um, and then he said, what am I thinking now? I said, I don't know. He said, I'm thinking, I wonder how hard it would be to kill a demon. <laughs> and he said, I said, you're wondering how hard it would be to kill a demon. And he said, yeah. And I'm wondering if I could do it with something that was in my school bag. So if the car got attacked by a demon now, what could I use to kill it? I said, what have you got in your school bag? He said, I've got a spork, which in case you don't know, is a fork. Well, it's a spoon that's also a fork, a spork, an empty lunchbox, <laughs> my PE kit, and uh, some school books. I said, do you think you could kill a demon with them? He said, no. Well, there you go then. But I never could have guessed he was going to say that. When he said, guess what I'm thinking right now, I reckon I would have had to have a lot of guesses before I'd have got to, how hard will it be to kill a demon? <laughs> god the kid's a maniac so yeah i've just been tidying the living room um since i got home i've been doing some internet work stuff to get the curious cake shop uh up and running for this weekend for sarah we've got a brand new product now which i thought of the name of i think we talked about this rocky roundabouts they're on sale now so you can now either have a 10-piece variety box or you can have a single wheel like a, a roundabout, a traffic circle. Basically, it's a pizza. It's a pizza shape. See, because if you say Rocky Road pizza, you think a pizza with chocolate on, but it's not. It's pizza shaped. But pizza's usually a circle until you cut it, and then it's a triangle. But you put it in a square box. Pizzas are just a geometrical nightmare, aren't they? But... Um, it's a circle-shaped rocky road, and you get one flavour. You pick one flavour, you have the whole thing that flavour. So I did that. Um, I'm having some MacBook problems at the moment. Oh, get this right. I bought a MacBook on eBay. It was a pretty decent deal. My MacBook, I told you, didn't I, the whole screen issue. You might remember this from a few weeks ago. I finally bit the bullet, and I 
bought one from a computer company that repairs MacBooks. And um, that was on October the 4th. It didn't arrive on the 6th, as it said it would on eBay. But then the next day, the 7th, when I was about to do something about it, I got an update to say it had been dispatched. And I thought, well, that's annoying, but at least it's on the way. So I left it again. Two days, maybe they picked second-class post. Um, by the third day, I decided to get in touch. And the guy said, oh, I'm really sorry. We've had a few problems. Our PayPal got looked up or whatever. Um, I'm going to post it today. So I said, okay. Then I rang the next day and he went, oh, it didn't go out yesterday, but it'll go out today. Give me a second. Give me your address again. So I confirm it all with him. And he goes, okay, it'll be get picked up at half four. Then the next day, it still hasn't come. So I ring him and he's like, oh God, I'm so sorry. It should have gone out. I'm like, mate, what is going on here? He goes, I'll be in the office later. Let me check. So nothing happens. Now I'm getting really pissed off. So then yesterday I rang him and he's like, he won't answer the phone. So I think this is really strange. So I look up the company. I find the guy's name. I use who is. I get every bit of information about him you can possibly imagine. Then I find out where the business is and I find out the name of the building. And I realize that the building has a building manager who is a property uh, manager. So I call them and I say, I just want to check with you. She was a very nice woman. I said, I just want to check with you that this business actually exists and that they do inhabit a unit inside of this building that you are in charge of. She said, yes, they are real. They've been in there for five years. The guy's very nice. I see him coming and going all the time, etc., etc. I told her a little bit of my tale of woe. And she said, oh, you're not the first person to call with a problem. And I thought, well, this is a bad sign. So then I keep trying to ring the guy. And I'm not kidding. I ring him like 15 times. No answer. I call their 0800 number. I call his mobile. I try to call him through their Facebook page. Everything is ignoring me. I try to call off Sarah's phone. He immediately answers. I tell him it's me. He goes, oh, uh, just give me two minutes and I'll get back to you. And I go, no, you're all right. I'll wait on the phone until you're done. He tells me he's on the toilet and you'll need to call me back. I go, you've answered the phone on the toilet. And he went, well, I knew you'd be annoyed. So I thought I'd better answer. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Because you'd have answered my call. You've answered because you know the thing. Anyway, he goes, doesn't get back to me. I keep trying to ring again, still nothing. By now I'm furious. So now I send him a text message saying, hi, insert full name here. Look, I've spoken to your building's manager who tells me you're actually a very nice guy. I'm not sure why you're dodging my calls. I don't know what kind of scam it is you're trying to pull. I've paid you through PayPal. I bought the thing via eBay. I literally cannot get ripped off for this purchase. Like I will get my money back. You've got a long-standing business, which has been on eBay going back five years. So I don't know what it is that's going on, but not answering the phone, constantly telling me you've sent stuff that you haven't sent, then ignoring me is not really going to work out very well. I'm at the point where I will get in the car and drive down. It's four hours away. Drive down and be at your door is my next course of action. I suggest you call me back immediately. This is not my normal style to take. But this has been like, what was it, the 4th, and today is the 16th, so it was the 15th. So we're talking 11 days of getting messed around when it was supposed to be delivery window of two days for a MacBook, which, bear in mind, I actually do need to do projects and stuff. The line on my screen has made it impossible to do any design work, any sort of serious work at all. I recorded a podcast the other night with it, my Magic uh, Page podcast, because uh, I do it on a Zoom call. It was a nightmare because I can't see half of the options. You know, like on the 
screen where you've got file edit all that stuff in the top bar i can't see that because there's a line down the screen and it's thick as well so anyway nightmare as soon as i send this text he calls me back straight away right look i haven't got time for this i said what do you mean you haven't got time for this he said i'm trying to get the money and i'm trying to do this i'm trying to do that i'm like look mate you need to chill out a little bit taking this attitude with me is not going to help He's like, well, I've had this business for five years. Someone got involved. Uh, they messed things up. I had orders returned. Two people put in a PayPal dispute. You can work as hard as you like. And if someone messes you about uh, and then you get two disputes, your PayPal gets locked. And now I can't get the money to send out the orders and without the thing. And I'm like, mate, does the MacBook exist? He went, yeah. I said, just put it in an envelope. He went, well, not an envelope. I said, you know, take it to the post office. He went, oh, I'll just pull the money out my ass for that, will I? And I'm like... Well, post to Fiverr, how bad can things be? They must be bad. But now I feel bad for him as well. So I'm like, look, just tell me what you need to do, what I need to do. I'm te- and he went, I'm telling you now, what I need to do is get off his phone so I can get the money in. I'm like, look, I just want the thing I pay for. He went, oh, just put in a PayPal dispute or don't. But basically, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> he told me to go fuck myself. Can you believe that? So... He's hung up the phone and I sat there and I thought, well, that was interesting. But I felt an immediate relief because I thought, okay, I'm no longer being messed around. At least I know what the situation is. And one thing I dare say about myself is I like to think I'm pretty even handed. So I sent him a text saying, uh, I'll tell you exactly what I said because I've got it here on my phone. God, I thought I'd close the recording then. That was terrible. I said... If I send someone in to pick up this computer, is it going to be there? I'm willing to let this money remain in your PayPal and not be another bad feedback. I just need to know. He didn't reply. So this morning I messaged again. Morning, insert name here. Are we going to get this sorted out today? I'm genuinely trying to help here by not opening a dispute. If what you told me is true, despite you telling me to go fuck myself, I'm willing to give you a break. I just don't want messing around. If I haven't heard from you within the hour, I will, of course, open a dispute with PayPal. What else am I supposed to do? But whatever happens, I hope you get your business back to where it was. So that's what I said. And then an hour went by. I had to go out for a walk. So I left it actually two and a half hours. I got home and I thought, you know what? What am I going to do? So I opened a PayPal dispute, explained the whole thing in there. Now, no doubt, I'll have to wait another two weeks until it gets sorted. But hey, and I guess next Friday... Um, or, you know, at some point in between, I'll buy another because I really need it for next Friday for a project. So sometime between now and then I will have to buy another one from somewhere else. Maybe I'll look on Facebook Marketplace and try and buy one or something a bit more local. The problem is I don't want to spend a ton of money. This was like 250 quid for a 2012 MacBook, which is what I've got that broke. But it said it was in great condition and all that. And I thought it's a decent deal. I don't really want to spend more than 300 quid for a second hand MacBook. And I wouldn't mind it being a 2000 2012, same as mine. I'll just literally transfer the everything over and off we go. So that's my tale of MacBook woe. I mean, God, what are you supposed to do these days to get a bit of get a reply or a bit of service? <laughs> um, I've got a massive list of other stuff I want to tell you about. I'm going to finish with one more thing now. A funny story, uh, which is on the list. People keep reminding me of stuff. Thank you to Nathan, by the way, who messaged me to uh, tell me the two things I wanted to add on the list. I'll come back to them. I was just was talking today to someone about a funny story. And um, I'm going to tell it to you. I was in the gym 
one day. Um, I know one day. It was quite a while ago. It was um, Total Fitness in Preston down on West Strand Road. We used to live there. I tell you what, we used to live there. <sighs> we moved when Joshua was six months old. And uh, he's nearly nine. So, you know, we used to live there over eight years ago. And that's when I was a member of this gym. So I was in there and I was... Uh, I had don't I didn't go in the gym. I used to use the pool, and after I'd swam, I used to swim sixty four lengths, a full mile. I got in the jacuzzi, and the jacuzzi started getting a little bit hot, and so I got out of the jacuzzi. Nobody else there, and I laid at the side around the side of the circular jacuzzi. I just laid there, and I fell asleep on my back around the side of the jacuzzi, and when I woke up at what I can only assume was a decent length of time later. There were now six people in the jacuzzi. <laughs> and it was a good size. And they were sitting round in a sort of semicircle. One of them was a little bit overlapping near where my head was. And one was overlapping a bit where my feet were. But, no, but I was on the outside, remember. But none of them were across the whole of my body. I could have easily got back in. So I woke up. And I saw them all and they were clearly all looking at me and laughing and like making, you know, sort of, they must have been commenting on me, but without talking or whatever. I was clearly a point of discussion because when I looked, opened my eyes and looked, they all kind of looked away, but I could see they all had wry smiles. You know that thing, like if you get back in the car and two people are in there and one of them suddenly starts singing, you should assume they've been talking about you because that, you know, they've just started to sing to cover the fact they haven't been having a conversation. Um, it was a bit like that. They're all looking in different directions and I thought, oh, they've been talking about me. Rather than get back into the jacuzzi, I decided to stand up and leave because I felt like getting in the jacuzzi and having to sit opposite them. At some point, I'd have to say, oh, I guess I fell asleep for a bit then. <laughs> And I thought, I don't want to get in a conversation, so I'm just going to get up and leave. Anyway, as I stood up to leave, I became aware of the fact that I had a full lob on. <laughs> uh, by lob on, I of course mean a proud erection. Because as a man, this happens sometimes when you're asleep. For, not for any particular reason. Men will be able to vouch for me. Sometimes you just have one. It's one of those things. It's another part of your body that blood will flow to. And occasionally that causes something to happen. So I stood up at the side of the jacuzzi and had this full... I mean, I don't want to talk about my own manhood in any proud way. Because, you know, there's very little to be proud of. <laughs> but you could tell. You know, these were only swimming shorts. And everybody could tell. And clearly, while I'd been lying there asleep, this little fella had been poking up like a circus tent the whole time. And then I knew immediately why they'd been laughing. <laughs> but I didn't realise until, um, what's it called, until I stood up and they all saw me. Oh, mortifying that, in it? What can you do? Anyway, that's today's podcast. Um, I hope you're all about to have a great weekend. Um, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye, friends.